0: The fourth commandment concerning the Sabbath day and making it holy holds a unique position. It is the only one of the Ten Commandments that is held commonly to not apply to the New Testament church. And the reason is pretty simple. We do not have a problem understanding while the other nine commandments, what they're about, and why they are a big deal. But we have a lot of trouble understanding exactly what the Sabbath is about and why it should be a big deal. And in this regard, we are in good company, for the Sabbath was something the Jews didn't really understand either. In fact, misunderstanding the Sabbath day lay at the heart of the religious leaders' opposition to Jesus and their plot to kill him. When we look at the Gospel of Luke, for example, in chapter 6 we see that the first time the religious leaders discussed killing Jesus was right after two conflicts over the Sabbath. In the first, the disciples had plucked and ate grain on the Sabbath, which the religious leaders said was in violation of the Sabbath. In the second, when Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath. And Jesus' point in those two conflicts was twofold. First, that he is Lord of the Sabbath. And second, That the purpose of the Sabbath is to promote life, not to stifle it. You notice that one of Jesus' points was not that the Sabbath had gone away. And in that regard, we must remember what Hebrews 12 tells us and what 1 Corinthians 10 confirms. And that is that Jesus, pre-incarnate, was the one who gave the Sabbath to Moses on Mount Sinai in the first place. Jesus was the giver of the Sabbath, and he was also the Lord of the Sabbath. And as Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus, during the time of his earthly ministry, was correcting the religious leaders' misunderstanding and misapplication of the Sabbath. But his efforts to correct them resulted in their plot to kill him. There are deep waters here. Somehow, there is a link between the religious leaders getting the Sabbath wrong And they're getting Jesus and the gospel wrong. They had already rejected the Sabbath, notwithstanding their great preoccupation with keeping it. Clearly, they were zealously keeping something. But it wasn't the Sabbath. And I think there is a connection here that continues down through church history. And I think it has to do with thankfulness. You see, the Sabbath and the gospel are both very closely connected to thankfulness. After all, the only appropriate response to the gospel is first receiving God's free gift and then thanking Him for it, which becomes a lifetime. True receiving leads to true thankfulness, which leads to true Christian life. And that connection runs throughout. Receiving God's gift, basking in His goodness, Overflowing in thankfulness and joy are exactly what the Sabbath, or the Lord's Day as we often call it today, is all about. Consider the book of Nehemiah, where we have one of the very few clear examples in Scripture of when God's people really got what the gospel was about and what the Sabbath was about. In chapter 8 of Nehemiah, we read how the people, once they had rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, were coming together to worship God and to renew covenant with him. Nehemiah and Ezra and the Levites read the law to the people, which, of course, crushed the people. It convicted them of all of their unfaithfulness to the Lord, as well as all the unfaithfulness of their fathers before them, and they were very downcast. But then Nehemiah and Ezra and the Levites taught the people about God's love and grace. In other words, they taught God's intentions. They taught the gospel. This day, they said, is holy to the Lord your God. So do not mourn nor weep. Go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. And send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then it says... All the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. The people got it. They got the gospel and they got the Sabbath as a result. Both are about receiving God's free gifts and basking in them and responding in gratitude, which leads to joy. The joy of the Lord, sharing, giving to one another, fellowshipping, and rejoicing together. And that, the scripture says, is our strength. It is our only strength. That's what the Sabbath is about. The proper response to the gospel. But when we lose this grateful spirit, we lose the spirit of the Sabbath. And we ultimately lose the spirit of the gospel itself. Now... They don't just disappear. Rather, they sour like fine cream that isn't enjoyed, but rather just left sitting around. They sour because God's people have soured. And the Sabbath then becomes something very distasteful, just like it was in Jesus' day. And when it becomes sour like that, it is no wonder that people want to throw it out. But remember... A sour Sabbath comes from only one place, a sour people. And a sour people are a people who have forgotten what the gospel tastes like. They have forgotten what grace tastes like. They have forgotten what gratitude tastes like. They have forgotten what joy tastes like. And this is oh so easy to do. So you see, the problem with the Sabbath is never the Sabbath, it's losing what the Sabbath is a byproduct of, the joy of the Lord, which comes from gratitude, which comes from freely receiving and basking in God's free gift of life and all the other free gifts that God piles on top. When you get these things, Sabbath results, whether there is a command or not. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those who have nothing prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen.